Hello, traders. This is Chris Laurie of ProTradersClub.com, and I welcome you to what is my first podcast. I know that I haven't done a very good job of staying in touch with you. I never send out emails. I only occasionally post new videos in the free members area, and I only occasionally ever post on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook page, but I do want to stay in touch with you all. So I thought that maybe the uh, podcast medium could just be a good way and a good means for me to do so. Since I do have some hesitation when producing videos, uh, although I do want to say that I thank you for your membership and I also thank you for your kind comments that you send my way. They're, they are almost always uh, respectful and appreciative. And so um, I just want to acknowledge and thank you for that. So I've been meaning to do podcasts for some time and I had uh, been posting a little bit last week on Twitter, which again, I, I don't do often, but a question was posed to me and the question was, what is the most important trait of a new trader? So I figured it's really pretty well impossible to summarize that within the context of one or two tweets and it can't be summed up in one word. So I just thought that uh, oh, it's a good opportunity for me to do a podcast, maybe cover this subject in a broader sense, because anytime you are asked a question like this, you need to put the question into context. And for every individual, it's going to mean something different. So we've titled today's podcast, Process Thinking, A Foundation for Success in Trading, because obviously when you are a new trader and you come into the marketplace, you need to kind of figure out uh, who am I as a person? Uh, how do I think? Um, how am I designed emotionally? And what means are there for me to go into the marketplace and try to extract money out? And can I create a process that's going to be unique for myself and, and allow me to work within the confines of my uh, personality and my emotional uh, design and go in there and, 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 and interact with the market and have a, and have an intimate relationship with the marketplace. So today we're going to talk a little bit about process thinking and development models. So the first subject matter I want to address is the subject of traits. When someone says a character trait, uh, you know, we come across a lot of these, these, these uh, motivational, inspirational terms or kind of badges of honor, or someone might say, uh, I'm, I'm very patient, I'm very disciplined, I'm very persistent, or I have willpower, or I'm analytical by character. Well, this is all fine and good, but you can't just use one of these uh, character-defining terms to qualify who you are as a person and how you're likely to act under a given scenario, because Let's say, for example, you would consider yourself to be disciplined or you consider somebody to be disciplined. Well, uh, discipline is a care. Uh, discipline, of course, has a broad continuum and you can be highly disciplined or less disciplined. And the magnitude of your discipline can, of course, be uh, uh, geared up based on the task that it is you uh, have interest in or disinterest. So, for example, you may be inclined and motivated and inspired to produce music, for example. So you may exercise a lot of discipline when it comes to practicing the guitar. So what I'm saying here is, is while your discipline can be applied to one area and utilized effectively in one area, it can be 
it can be uh, uh, utilized very ineffectively in another area. So for example, you may not be very disciplined at uh, taking out the garbage. So you can be disciplined in one area of your life, but not disciplined in an area depending upon the level of motivation you have or interest you have in that specific task. So when somebody says, uh, I'm disciplined, therefore I can be a good trader, then what happens is, and what is most important here, is if you take the character trait, it's not the trait that's going to determine whether or not you succeed, it's the medium and the manner in which the medium will will test the fortitude of your trait as it pertains to that specific task. So for example, you may be a disciplined person, you may be, have interest in trading, but then when you engage in trading, discipline itself is not going to do it because the medium, the trading, and the, the, the vast complexities that are involved in trading, both from an external standpoint, the marketplace, and an internal standpoint, your psychological profile and and the drawing upon of many of your other character qualities or your unique psychological profile, as we call it. So now your discipline character trait is going to have to be broken down into how it applies not only to trading as a whole, but to the uh, multitude of dimensions that trading challenges in your personal psyche. Because our ultimate goal here is, is to find a means by which we can marry our unique psychological profile to that of a specific place in the market. So all you need to do is, well, all you need to do, that makes it sound simple, but it's obviously not the case. But what you are trying to accomplish ultimately is to, is to uh, go through a process by which your brain comes to understand market structure and a very specific place in market structure structure that you can operate that becomes your means by which you interface with the market and you are working to draw money out. So how do we do this? And this becomes the question of if I am a beginning trader, what character trait is going to be a good foundation for success? But it is, and, and I say this all the time, and that is, it's not the trading plan that's going to be your success because you don't pull a trading plan out of thin air. A trading plan is not something that can be copied. Uh, there are core elements of a trading plan that can be applied, but they need to be ultimately designed to who you are as a trader and how it is you're developing as a trader. So where people really miss the boat, and I've said this for years, is that what people are missing is a is a very well-structured development plan that helps you to marry your unique psychological profile to that of the marketplace and it becomes it becomes a relationship that nobody understands better than you and i also say very often that that your 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 greatest skill uh uh your greatest secret weapon, uh, because traders will be asked, what is your secret weapon? What are you holding back? Your greatest secret weapon is your understanding of yourself and your psychological profile, how you're likely to respond under various, circumstance, under various circumstances 
and trying to develop a consistency by which you can interact with the market. So in order to do so, you need to, 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 to build a foundation and, and you, because if you build a foundation versus try to copy what somebody else does, when you build a foundation, you are going to establish a more, a more linear progress in your process. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about uh, what do I need to do to establish a development plan? Because from the development plan is where the trading plan emerges. Now, uh, first of all, as a part of the process, one of the initial stages of a process, uh, in some way, shape or form, you were introduced to the concept of trading and maybe more specifically trading foreign exchange. I know all the reasons why I trade foreign exchange, but for you, they may be different. But once you uh, uh, recognize trading as an area where you may uh, that you may enjoy, then so you simply will go out and start going through what we call the exploratory phase. And so uh, there's more details on this developing traders model. I've, I did a video many years ago. I think it's on the protradersclub.com website on the developing traders model. But you're going to go through an exploratory phase and you're going to go out and read about uh, the fundamentals, what drives the market, understand the data points. Uh, you're going to look at mathematical models. You'll go out and you'll buy automatic trading robots, uh, hoping that you're just going to watch the money roll into your account. You're going to try copying what other people do. Um, you may go for something that actually requires some effort, which is if you want to succeed in trading, it's going to require an enormous amount of effort. So you need to first resolve yourself to this fact. And so uh, some of you, would, <laughs> you try going for a shortcut first. And I always say the definition of a shortcut is the longest distance between two points. I say it all the time, when I'm, particularly when I'm in cars with people. <laughs> so so um, you're gonna try various means and you're gonna realize that, that that's probably not the most prudent way to go about trying to develop as a trader and trying to achieve some performance as a trader. And so, uh, and then what happens in the discovery process, it's not necessarily a harmful thing, uh, but what happens in the discovery process is you start to identify what you tend to gravitate towards. So it might be, you know, for me, it was price behavior. And very, very early on, I linked up with a, a mentor who's kind of an underground uh, trader and, and, uh, he taught me the analytics uh, and how to go about understanding price behavior at a much, much deeper level. And then, of course, we started building relationships with the banks and had uh, a fair amount of access to uh, understanding liquidity from its deepest level. And so what we did was we developed uh, tasks where we could understand specific price behaviors at a, at a much deeper level. And, and started working from there. So he taught me this and it was really quite remarkable. So, so uh, after going through the exploratory phase um, and meeting this person, uh, I really started on a path to, to building a foundation. And this was very, this was in, within, my first, within my first six months uh, that I, I found this person. And so, so for me, it was price action and price behavior. For some of you, you may be more inclined to uh, be writing algorithms, maybe combining the price behavior with algorithms. Some of you, it's mathematical models. Some of you, it's fundamentals. Uh, for some of you, it's uh, in-depth fundamentals. You know, every the, the spectrum of traders is virtually endless. So uh, who are we to say 
that one way of trading is better than another. Uh, I can relate to price action because to me, price action connects me because I understand uh, uh, where the price action is coming from and it all makes sense to me and I understand the why. Uh, and so I can connect with that, whereas some people cannot. So there's no right or wrong way of trading as long as you similarly go through the process of understanding your means that you're going into the market, you understand it better than anyone else and you understand it in relation to your psychological profile. Because remember, you're trying to marry your brain your and the uniqueness of your brain and your emotional, your emotional design and marry it to a specific place in the market and use a specific means unique to you to, to uh, interface with the market. Don't, don't ever forget that. It's gonna become uniquely your own, that, that nobody needs to validate. You need to get, don't need to get approval from your mentors or your friends or your colleagues, or you don't need to go online and start chatting about it and uh, seeking approval. It, it just needs to be quietly and uniquely your own. I'm just gonna uh, tell a story and try to relate process to you a little bit because um, I had been interested in trading from the time I was in my teens and I would read periodicals and, you know, check, look up the quotes in the stock market and put a little bit of money in. And, and so I, I knew that I enjoyed it. And so I always had an inclination for it and, and a bit of an aptitude toward it. But in the meantime, I was caught up in bobsledding. I, I did track and field and, and, uh, and I was on the Canadian national team in track and field and then converted to bobsledding. Good thing because there's so many freak track and field athletes out there. I wouldn't have gotten uh, all that far on an international level. So I converted to bobsledding. But let's just uh, talk about process. Now, I know a lot of you could care less about sport, um, but let's just try to apply it to something in your life because every one of you will have gone through a process where you achieve success at something in your life. There's there's certainly something that you've achieved success in and you developed a level of expertise in, whether it's something that is in alignment with natural gifts that you have or whether it's not within alignment of natural gifts that you have and requires a little bit more uh, work than it would somebody else. But let's just talk about process. So for me, I'm just going to relate bobsledding. Now, bobsledding is it's a winter sport. You get in this machine, uh, you go screaming down the hill and the fastest time over four runs wins. <clears throat> so there's a few things involved in bobsledding. Number one is the equipment. And of the equipment, you have you have aerodynamic design, you've got the frame, and then you've got the runner, the blades that the sled runs on. And each one requires an enormous amount of work and analytics put into the design of just the equipment. So uh, never mind the equipment. Let's just talk about the body because the body involves the brain. To build a foundation for success in bobsledding, the primary skill set is power and speed. The average, the average uh, national team bobsledder on, in any country, uh, the power clean, so lifting a weight from the ground all the way up to your shoulders in one move, the, 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 the average sort of minimum would be 130 kilos or about 300 pounds that, that they 
could lift. They could squat a lot and they were very fast and powerful dynamic individuals. Let's say that, you know, whether you want to become a trader or a bobsledder, if you're a bobsledder and you want to become better, you have a few dimensions. You have strength training and you have speed training. So if I want to become a faster runner, do I just put on my spikes every day and go out and run faster and hope that I get faster? No, to get faster gets broken down into a multitude of components. So let's just look at uh, mobility, speed, and uh, plyometrics. So if you break it down into just to these three categories and you're just doing mobility, while there are 100 exercises you can do in the area of mobility training that are going to help your body be trained to become faster. If you look at another dimension, plyometrics, there will be 50 different plyometrics exercises that you would do to become a faster runner. When it comes to, to speed and the transition of generating power into the sled and getting the sled going as fast as possible, there is a whole technical aspect and that and to achieve perfection in that technical aspect there are 20 different exercises so you can see how you have you have components and subcomponents and subcomponents as you grind down to the minutia of the detail that is required to fight for hundreds of a second on the track when i first started in world cup we were fighting for tenths of, we were fighting for seconds. So we we're three seconds behind and we needed to make up that three seconds. And then uh, you break into the top 15 and the top 10, then you're fighting for tenths of seconds. Then when you, when you start winning medals, then you're fighting for hundreds of seconds. And I had a coach that used to say, it is a fight for every hundredth of a second. So we would grind down into the smallest of detail to try to find out where we could find hundreds of seconds in the area of equipment, which has three components, and each of those three components has a number of components. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, physical aspect. And that does not even involve the emotional, psychological as to how you perform in your execute, your performance in your training and in your race and in the World Cup race and establishing processes to optimize performance based on the foundation that you've built by designing a good training plan. It's different for everyone, and I'm just telling you this story so you can relate it to the skill set that you have. I mean, it's really quite simple. I mean, if you want to become an engineer, you go to engineering school and you take a wide range of courses at school, then when you get out into the real world, you will ultimately gravitate toward becoming very specialized in one area. Although you have a very good general knowledge of engineering, you slowly build up the skill set to become specialized in one very specific area. Because if you just graduate from engineering in school, you can't start up a firm and start building bridges because nobody would hire you and the bridge probably wouldn't work out too well. You'd probably be way over budget and it does a good chance it could fall apart. So you understand what I'm saying. So trading is no different and you have to believe me. And if you're trying to shortcut, you're just going to learn not to shortcut.
ultimately we, when you're in your early stages of training, you have to have a development plan. So every day that you sit down at your desk, you need to be interacting with your market and, and again, marrying your brain to the market. Uh, you know, a lot of things that we study when it comes to price behavior and, and, and price delivery and price matching is, is okay, our studies, we, and I continue to, I even just met with a liquidity provider, uh, uh, multi-digital platform, liquidity provider, institutional, uh, just a few weeks ago, just to get a little bit of an update to see what tweaks might've been made or what some of the trends they are seeing affecting liquidity. But from the grassroots understanding, uh, it's it's important. We, we, we studied uh, price matching at a uh, core level. So if, a, if it's price matching client to client within one bank, within major banks, within smaller banks, uh, how they price match and and what uh, participants they are engaged with and what counterparties they're engaged with and how the price matching changes based on market environment and whether they go client to client, uh, client to LP, client to uh, multi-dealer platform. Uh, we studied uh, the multi and single dealer uh, liquidity providers and their functional adjustments and differences uh, and how they respond under shifting market conditions. So this is, uh, there's a lot of detail that's put into the study. And I, then we get, would get into studying very, very specific price behaviors and the dynamics of the price behavior and the volatility under various market conditions. And there's a specific way that we do that, but the more you do it and the more sample sizes you do, the market slowly starts to, you, you internalize the, uh, the, the, the dynamics of the market and the price behaviors. And when you start to see consistencies, consistencies for good, because when I say consistencies, some of you might just think, just tell me when to get in. What does that mean for when do I get in the market? When do I buy or when do I sell? Well, when you internalize market behavior, you're internalizing the good and the bad. Okay, so by going through a defined development process, you are going to internalize uh, negative market responses as well, so that uh, internally and subconsciously and consciously, you know when not to make trades or when there are certain things in the market that while some may seem favorable, some will also be unfavorable and sometimes the unfavorable will override. And this is going to be a result of having done many sample sizes in the development process that has internalized your understanding of price behavior under certain conditions. And so whatever model you are building, the same should apply. You, you need to understand your model uh, at a level that that is almost difficult to explain because you've internalized it and it's unique to you. Again, I'm only speaking from a price action perspective and for you it can be completely different. Uh, the point is you should under you should really take the time out to, to, to understand it and build a foundation. Uh, by breaking it down, you're going to learn trading and your progression curve will be much, much, much more linear because let's say, for example, you want to manage funds. One, if you're going to manage funds of funds, the one of the first questions they ask you is let me see your equity curve and they want to see a smooth equity curve. They don't want to see 10% a month. They want to see a smooth equity curve. This is, boils down to 
you're building a foundation not only from understanding the market behavior, but also understanding your psychological profile because there's a lot that needs to get worked through to build a foundation for success. And the more you engage in the marketplace uh, and the more you broaden and gain more detail in your understanding of how you want to interact with the market, then the more you can see. Uh, things become much more clear to you and it tends to compound your learning curve. If you are randomly uh, jumping into models or trying to copy what somebody else does or trying to be what somebody else is or trying to think like they think, then it's just going to leave too many holes. And uh, there's only one thing that's going to go down that hole and you know what it is. Because a lot of people, when they come into trading, they, they, they go backwards. So uh, they go online, they try to find a free uh, trading plan and then they try to apply the trading plan and that just, that just exposes the weaknesses in their foundation. So by going through a, a defined and refined and building developmental process, what happens is, is you, you, you enrich the dimensions, both your understanding of your approach to the market, as well as your psychological profile and, and emotional sensitivities that uh, that start slowly starts to get refined as you increase your understanding of yourself and you're applying your call it traits, uh, your discipline or your patience, and you're getting to understand these traits that you possess. You're getting to understand them much more deeply and you start to become a lot more consistent in your trading decisions and management of trades. Because over time, you'll find that process helps you become absolutely clear in your parameters and and, uh, you know, what happened in my case is I spent all these years in sport and 15 years in bobsledding, four Olympic Games and 120 plus World Cup races. And what happens is over time, you develop a process in terms of managing your emotional state before a race. And so I could tweak my emotional state. So if I was too nervous, I knew how I could bring it down. If I was not nervous enough, I knew how to raise or stimulate my emotional uh, alertness as well as my physical state. I had it completely, completely dialed in. So when I got to the top of the hill, I was absolutely clear in what I was going to do and how I was going to execute the task. Uh, trading is no different. The deeper you understand the confines that you're using to interface with the market, the more consistent you're going to be, but you need to be absolutely clear in what kind of trades you're looking for. I do want to say one thing about in trading, there's a very heavy focus on outcome. And when you start to out to focus on outcome thinking, then there leaves, there is no room in your brain or in your emotion to focus on the task. It completely sucks out the resources of what you're actually supposed to be focusing on. The focus needs to be on the details of the task that you're performing. And if you're doing exercises and building and, and doing the work in your development component, then you are going to learn more when you're task focused and you're not outcome focused. And it was interesting because just the other day I saw an article, Shaquille O'Neal, and about his success, post-sport success. And he says, I don't even think about the money. 
I just think about how to execute the business. And I, mean, I know it's easy to say, well, he was already worth enough that he was comfortable enough that he doesn't have to worry about money and uh, the business is for pleasure and he can easily focus on the business without having to worry about the burden uh, of finances. Okay, uh, granted. But if you talk to anyone who is successful, they're going to talk about the focus on the task. If you ever watch, for example, Shark Tank, if you look at Mark Cuban or listen to Mark Cuban, he's, he's always extremely task focused, which is really interesting. And if you've ever listened to any of his other interviews, very, very task focused. So focus on the uh, task, not the outcome. But there's, there's, there's a discipline in avoiding thoughts of outcome and remaining task focused. So while one might say I'm disciplined, if you are disciplined, how does it pertain to the areas where the medium is challenging your emotional state? So when you get engaged in the market and you become outcome focused, which we have all been through, you're watching the money and not the details of what's going on in the marketplace. If you're focused on the task, the outcome takes care of itself. And I always remember this when I was racing, when it was a really close race for the medals, I just remember thinking, just focus on the task. And then when you get through the finish line and look up at the clock, uh, when you're task focused, the clock always had a more favorable number. Because when you're focused on outcome, there's an emotional and psychological shift that takes place and it interferes with performance. So on the subject of trading plan, the trading plan is a result of uh, many hours invested in executing a good development plan. So the final goal is that uh, by nature of the defined de development plan is that you create an intimate connection with the market, you find your niche and you marry your psychological profile to market structure and you become an independent thinker, not needing to be validated by anything or anyone else other than your performance. And whether a trade is a winner or a loser, the feelings that you're seeking by making money, those feelings should be replaced by the feeling that you get when you have managed a trade prudently, because that is dealing with the internal aspects of your psychological design rather than the external rewards you're looking for. Try to focus on and develop and come in connection with the internal dynamics of your emotional and psychological design and then the 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 the, the outcome will take care of itself so that's all for today thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast i hope to do more of them if you have any questions or subject matter that you would like discussed by podcast i'm happy to do so and i enjoy sharing uh when and how i can i know that i've withdrawn from the marketplace over the last few years but um It'd be nice to share with you through podcasts. Thank you very much for your time.